Welcome to Page One Bible Study. I'm your host, Heavy Handed Jay. I'd like to thank you for joining. Here at Page One, our mission is to provide a free space for those that consider themselves beginners in the Word of God. Being a beginner in the Word of God doesn't mean that you're a beginner in love, in Christ, or the Spirit of God. For me, it simply meant that I had not studied the Bible for myself and now wanted that personal understanding. If you're anything like me, you've heard of Luke, David, Paul, John, the list goes on and on. But do you know the roles they played and how they came to be? Here at Page One, we're going to answer those simple questions, have a bunch of fun while doing it, and most of all, you're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. In Jesus' name. Whoa, welcome, welcome, welcome. Page one Bible study. I am your host, heavy handed Jay. It is a pleasure to be back doing this thing here. Um, Page one Bible study, the Wildest Flock Podcast Network. We are back, back, and uh, ready to get in some work, ready to talk about this chapter four, pick up where we left off. Chapter three, we left off, and Adam and Eve were kicked out of out of Eden. <clears throat> now we're in chapter four, and uh, like the prelude said, and it's been a while, but the prelude said. We're going to talk some Cain and Abel, and that's what a lot of chapter 4 is about. Chapter 4, to me, is one of those chapters that is made simple, pretty cut and dry. Cain kills his brother, and he gets punished. But, as you know, as we always do here on page 1 Bible study, we're going to pull back the curtain. We're going to comb the lines a bit and see if there's another moral to the story. And as we've gone through the chapters, we've definitely seen that there's always a lot more than meets the eye. But as I said, man, page one Bible study back in front of the Wildest Flock Network. Let's talk about it, huh? We got things your pastor won't tell you with the dynamic duo, Israel, Benjamin, and Shirley. You know, they're like... Regis and Kathy Lee, and look here, a lot of people are too young to remember Regis and Kathy Lee. I liked Regis and Kathy Lee simply because Kathy Lee's name was Kathy Lee. And I had aunties and uncles with them old school double names. You see them double names, Kathy Lee, or even a middle name with Lee in it is from a lost time. That will likely never get back. You know, everybody these days' name is McKenzie and Chandler and, you know, names Hunter, things of that nature. But I have uncles and aunts still alive. Candy May, Ray Earl, Tommy Lee. You know, if you ain't got a, a Etta May at your house, Candy May. Somebody with a May or a Lee in the middle of their name? Ray Earl. Robert Earl. You know what I mean? Those are beautiful names that should still be continued. And I'm probably out of the having kids business at this point. 
But who knows? Maybe something will happen and I'm going to give my, my, if I have a son, I'll name him Robert Earl. That's what I figure out. Or Tommy Lee. I think I like Tommy Lee. Anyway, digressing. So we're back. It's page one. It's the Wildest Flock Network. And I, I went off base. I was telling you about what we got over here to offer. Sometimes I go on a tangent. Um, like I said, my man, Israel Benjamin, his white show, has slammed, slamming, slamming. Stick turdy. Uh, that's Nisha. That's Brittany. Um, the ladies of the flock. And they really be holding it down, giving that other perspective. You know, last time we talked about abortion. And to the fellas, you know, it was a, a, a rude awakening in a sense for me personally. Because I myself had experienced that in my time as coming through the coming up. And me and um, a young lady had to go through that. And uh, nothing I was proud of, but I, I, I came to my recollection and to my acknowledgement from listening to Nisha and Brittany <clears throat> is how much more it weighs on the women who are involved. <clears throat> and understandably, right? But for us guys, you know, you think you, you make the ride with her down there. You guys go to Sizzler afterward. All's well and ends well. But not so much, man. And it really made me reevaluate things. So a deep conversation is happening over there at Sticturity um, and being handled responsibly. We got my man Eugene Hope there, 1982, uh, doing his thing and uh, just bringing him other perspectives. He, he got into a lot of God's grace and God's mercy last time, you know, and um, just shining light on that and letting people um, have a broader perspective. I think one of the things he likes to talk about is uh, how God's just not some dude with a, a arrow sitting on the cloud with a flame at the end of it, ready to take you out all the time. Really has a much more broader understanding and perspective of of love and um, mercy than, than we do. So um, that's something Eugene got into real heavy last time. And go check for that. <clears throat> we got a few shows. Um, they also have Married Couples Anonymous. That's Nisha and Eugene. Um, Doing that heavy work, the heavy lifting, letting you behind the behind the curtain in married life. Who, who gives you that? That's something only you can find here on the Wildest Flock Podcast Network. I mean, we're really giving you that everyday Christian life. You know what I mean? And we're, we're letting you see that, you know, we don't have halos. We're just people trying to be better every day and try to keep in mind some principles and morals about ourselves that we try to carry. And, um... We try to present that with integrity and uh, some relevance, some everyday to us, because I'm just like you. You're just like me. We're no different. So that's happening. Uh, we got my man, Jig. He's got a show coming up. Fresh perspective. I'm hoping to be involved in that. And, of course, we have page one here where uh, my intention is to just learn with you. You know, I've heard all the stories. I've heard about Luke, Paul, and John, but I just had to take another man's interpretation. Um, and however, that person who was giving me this presentation decided to present it. <clears throat> and I just wanted to understand for myself. That's all. Um, doesn't mean that you're spiritually, spiritually inadequate. Just means that you haven't took the time to study for yourself. And that's what we do here at page one. 
we start from the beginning. We in Genesis, man. You know, a lot of people, you go to church and right into Leviticus you go. Okay, sure. Right into, you know, whatever else you go. And I just want to have some understanding of time and, um, and you know, how things came to be. And that's one thing I think is noteworthy here in, in, in today's conversation where we're going to be covering chapter 4 in Genesis verses 1 through 9. It's a lot of weight there, verses 1 through 9. Um, but I think people, what I learned, and I just want to throw out there to the listener, <clears throat> what I learned here is they give a genealogy of Adam, of Cain, of Abel, and Seth. They give a genealogy. What you come to learn is people were living to near a thousand years old at this time. So I think something that is noteworthy and up for discussion is time in the events that are happening. Not to jump too far into today's topic, but of course, we'll be talking about the offering from Cain and Abel. Now, and then the murder of Abel. In the context of the story, you're led to think like, okay, they went, they did their offerings to God. God wasn't pleased with Cain's offering. Then they went directly out to the field to just, you know, do something, and he killed him. Uh, one thing I think that is just noteworthy for something for you to consider, something for me to consider, is that people were living nearly a thousand years at this point, 950 roundabout. <clears throat> So it doesn't necessarily detail the time in between events. And that's something we'll get into. But, 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 of course I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what's happening here on April 6th, year 2020. Now this 2020 is crazy, man. 2020, the year 2020 has got off to quite a start now, hasn't it? Now, the global epidemic, and I'd be remiss not to talk about it, of course, COVID-19, if you're smart, the coronavirus. Now, prayers for anyone who out there got the coronas. Um, I do know of people who know people who have died, I understand. So I don't want to um, undermine the, the severity of what this coronavirus thing is. <clears throat> I hope you're social distancing. I hope you're quarantining. Hope you're washing your hands, not touching your face, and adhering to all the advisory from the CDC or whatever legislation that you're getting your information from. One thing I would advise is not to listen to all these Instagram doctors, all these Twitter doctors that have come about uh, try your best to be informed by formal advisories. Uh, I myself can be guilty of sometime being a, a Corona tough guy is what they're calling me. I could be a Corona tough guy. But I'm trying to uh, not be that. Wear my mask. This was recently advised by Mayor Garcetti and, uh, here in Los Angeles. He said, hey, whether it works or not, let's just make sure. And there is some conversation around that. I fought it a bit. I, I, like I said, I could be foolish. I could catch myself being a Corona tough guy. But I, I, I follow the advisory of people 
who are not nearly as stupid as me in some regard and um, take the precautions necessary on washing my hands upward to 20 times daily not doing the 20 seconds probably washing my hands about 10 seconds but they they suggest 20 should be trying to do that uh, I went in the grocery store here recently and I had no idea what the hell was going on I cut everybody I'm thinking people shopping <clears throat> They standing so far apart. I went right up behind the first person, you know, the next person in line. I was like, hey, bro, I'm in line. And I'm like, what you, what you over there? What you way over there for then? And he points to the ground. And there's marks on the floor that say social distance and six, six feet apart. Yeah, so um, I felt a bit foolish and out of touch. And other people were more informed and taking the precautions necessary and I was just out there being a corona tough guy like hey what social distancing what uh quarantine you know I'm I'm still out here no mask on so I'm starting to feel un unsophisticated caveman like so I start I got some mask my kids now wear mask when we go out and uh I don't like feeling like a caveman so I hope you're taking those corona precautions Hope you're being safe. I hope your family's safe. I hope you're, you know, taking whatever advisory is coming from your job. And if you're feeling sick, you could be asymptomatic, as, as as they call it. That means you could feel perfectly fine and healthy, but you still got it. Um, uh, one thing I don't like, and I definitely want to throw out there and um, just make sure everyone else uh, just is taking some note. You know, they're 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 predicting and they're constantly telling us that this next two weeks is going to be a scary time. Uh, they seem to be saying it repeatedly in my estimation. I don't think that's responsible, especially of our president, of, of any of the mainstream media. That's really scary to tell people. So, you know, people, I, I just suggest stay, stay prayed up. Stay in touch with your with your, your Christian network, your your, your network of, of people you rely on. Uh, rely on God's word. Don't think the hand to if you bathe yourself in hand sanitizer, you need to be in the bathed in the blood of Jesus. And uh, I say that figure. I don't say that figuratively. I say that literally. Uh, if you think the hand sanitizer is going to save the world, it's not. And uh, you just need to have the the right mindset. One thing I've always felt is, uh, and I, I've seen a lot recently, and it, maybe it's just my experience. Uh, one of my favorite comedians was doing a show, and he's like, you know, God, show yourself if you, you know, he's he, he's not a believer. And I said, okay, you know, he, he'll show himself. And uh, that guy's now doesn't have any shows booked in the foreseeable future, and is not making money like he was. So I think for a lot of us, and I, I don't want to make a blanket statement, and I don't want to be irresponsible, but the passage where 10,000 shall fall to your right, 1,000 to your left, that could be opposite sides, guys. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and I'm sorry I don't have that. Um, I think it's going to apply to a lot of us, and I take comfort in that, and I, I do feel like God will get some praise, and um, there'll be some understanding here. I don't mean to rabbit hole into the corona and what it means to me but we had to talk about it so however digressing we're 
we are here to talk. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Cain and Abel, the Cain and Abel story, right? We've all heard about it. What's really good? What are the details? Join your boy. This is page one Bible study. Let's pull back the curtain. Let's talk about it. Chapter 4. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Okay. That was Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Let's pull back the curtain, shall we? So, let's read, guys. Let's read. And you know how we get busy here. We, we, we got to get into it. I'm on the Bible Gateway, Bible Gateway app. And I'm in the K, King James Version, KJV. Okay, let me get there. <clears throat> Chapter four, 4, verse 1. And Adam knew his wife. And off the top, there's a question I ask. And that's what we do here at page 1. We ask the questions. Off the top, Adam knew his wife. Now that, of course, implies to Adam and Eve having intercourse. Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So a few things there. Adam knew his wife. Now there are some theologians that say Adam knowing his wife is not Exactly, it's, you, you can't definitively say intercourse is had because there are some passages that lead to saying us knowing God is the way, us knowing him, but that implication is not of intercourse. <clears throat> and that's just a difference. There are some people who do subscribe to that, but for the sake of this conversation, I will be subscribing to Adam and Eve having sex. Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now to me, there's some questions there. So one thing I want to point out that I, I think is interesting, Eve has been cursed. So Eve just had a bunch of pain, bearing what I think is also noting, noteworthy, the first human, and, that, and my man raised to me, this is also up for debate, the first human born to the earth from humanly conception. 
You see, Adam was made from dust, Eve was made from man, and those two created Cain, firstborn. So, Cain is born. Eve says, showing thanks to the Lord, even though she's kicked out of Eden, even, even though she's understandably went through a bunch of terrible child labor to have Cain, <clears throat> she is thankful to the Lord still. So this is Eve, uh, an indication that Eve is still adhering and still has love for God. Even though she's been cursed, kicked out of Eden, she is saying, the Lord has given me a man. Now, one thing I found interesting is that she specifically said a man. Now, why a man? Why a man? Why does she specifically indicate that Cain, the Lord has given her a man? So in that, we have obviously her, her showing thanks for the Lord. But on top of that, saying that the Lord have given, has given her a man. Now, she didn't say that when she bore Cain. Now, again, I want to bring in a prior note from something I noted earlier. Time. Now, we're led to believe in some realm, and I, and I, I want to pray. And I, I didn't lead this with a prayer, but I'll interject with one now. I pray that the Lord encourage every listener under the sound of my voice to, to seek the, the, the proper answers for themselves because what I have is, is what I'm blessed with and what I'm given. And, and that's subject to change. I'm subject to change. I'm just a person. I don't know everything. And, and I, I can be corrected and I can be wrong. So I just encourage and I, I pray from the Lord that everyone under the sound of my voice who who's taken my perception for this is encouraged is intrigued is is bothered by the spirit of the lord and the spirit gets to them and have them go seek their own research so, so they get to know him and get what they need from him so I, I just pray for that father and that you bless my word and the things that i have to say you you, you make that correct but if it's not you know and if it's for me to seek something later but if it's for the listener, please encourage them and give them that spirit to find, to, to go to go seek the right answers and what, what things mean to them. So, <clears throat> Eve says she had a man. And I, I think that's very interesting. She didn't say that with Cain. But again, what I previously mentioned and noted, time. Now, somehow here, we're led to believe that Cain and Abel are some like twins or something. But clearly, I think we get a distinction that Cain is the older brother. Cain is definitely the older brother here. Now, why Eve says she has a man comes into question, right? Why why does she feel so so happy about this? She said the and the Lord and she even interjected that the Lord, this is something the Lord had to do with. <coughs> now, <coughs> excuse me, there are theologians and um, that subscribe to the theory that from the curse, God promising that the serpent, the serpent seed would be crushed 
his head would be crushed by the heel of the woman seed, Eve. Some say that Eve felt as if Cain was the Messiah. Cain was Jesus to come. But we learn later that that definitely wasn't the case to be. <clears throat> uh, but there, there's definitely something special that should be pointed out about Cain and Abel, and that they were, and uh, and most, and I, I think this is debatable, but in most thinking, the first man born among man, born from man. Moving on, let me get to this. Getting a bit off track. So, verse two. And she again bare his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Again, we have a distinction made between the two. The first distinction made was Cain was a man that the Lord, that she thanked the Lord for, that seemingly the Lord had to do with. And you didn't get that same thanking for Cain. And here again, Cain, Abel, was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So to me, that's making a distinction that in some context, Cain's job is more significant. Abel was a keeper of a sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So to me, again, you have a distinction between the two. Now, some also say that there was a lot placed upon the firstborn in this time. And, con and contextually, that's something that has to be considered. Verse 3, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of a, of the fruit ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel, and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So wrath means angry, his countenance, his face, his demeanor, his body language, it failed. So 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 let's theorize there, right? Ah, the offering, that, that there's a lot there. And, and to me, this is where we get to the moral of the story. A lot of people like to lie on the moral of the story being the killing of Abel, his brother. But to me... This is where more of the meat lies. The offering. Now, both had an offering. On the surface, it would seem Abel's offering was better than Cain's. <clears throat> but you have to dig a little deeper and come to some understanding that that would almost seem petty of God. And if you put it in context, a man with more could offer more, so therefore his offering would be better than a poor man's. And we know that that's not God's spirit. That's not the spirit of God. I think um, there's definitely passages that definitely tell you that a poor man won't be punished for 
for not having the same offering, you know. Uh, so why was God displeased with Cain's offering? That, 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 that's pretty much the, the crux of this conversation. Because this is what leads to the death, the first murder recorded on earth. So why was God not pleased with Cain's offering? And in my estimation, it comes down to sincerity in his heart. So it's important to note here, and to me, this is kind of the moral of the story. And it circles back to free will. You can't do this thing. You, you can't be involved with God because you think you should. You can't be involved with, with the church because your mom told you you should. It's all about what's in your, what's in your heart. It's all about how sincere you are. And do you believe that it matters? You know, Cain followed through with the customary, with the tradition, what, what some say was passed down from his parents and said, you, you guys should do this. Cain did offer. Now, there is some theologians that subscribe to the theory that Cain offered withering fruits. Even though there's no description of the quality of Cain's offer in the Bible, most subscribe, and there is some translations and Hebrew translations that say, even say Cain offered straws. But that's all theory, you know. This, this is translation, and but for the sake of the conversation, going from what's said in the King James version, it doesn't describe the quality of the offering. And even more, I think what's important is that that is not important. It's what's in his heart. Now, some say Cain looked at his brother and said, why would you give up your best stuff, man? You know, geez, it's just, you know, it's just something moms and pops told us we got to do. But Abel, on the other hand, <clears throat> gave up the firstborn of his flockling and the fat thereof. You know, the, the best one. You know how they say, most times in a litter, in a flock. Now, I don't know a lot about sheep. I know a thing or two about a dog. You know, a, a litter of puppies or a litter of kittens. I don't know if kittens being born are litters, but I believe that puppies being born are called litters. I think how that goes is the first one that's born is the, the biggest one, the fattest one. And then, I think... As it goes down and you get eight of them, the eighth one, it'll be the smallest one. So Cain gave the firstborn of his flock <clears throat> and the fat thereof. So the indication there, there definitely is some indication there on quality. <clears throat> but I think more so is the understanding is that Cain, is that Abel, I'm sorry, gave with good intention. You see, so it's important to note here, guys, and, and this is me, but I, I think there will be a lot of people who are who are going to church, who are, who are even tithing at, tithing at this point. But they're just doing it because they feel they're supposed to. I encourage you to believe that what you're doing counts, it means something, and you're being obedient to the word of God. Having that in mind while you do these things 
is imperative, I believe. So keep that in mind. And know that when you do hand the guy a dollar, know that you're not just doing it because you feel bad, but you have intention. It, that dollar has purpose, and why, you, why you're doing it has purpose to it. It's called faith. And that's the evidence of things, <laughs> the things that have not happened. So we, we've talked about that. But uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. In Hebrews chapter 4, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. That's, to me, putting the emphasis on the sincerity. By faith, Cain, Abel's offered was, had faith into it. That if I give you my best, it means something. Not just that I'm just going through the protocol of giving because this is what I'm supposed to do. So my people, I encourage you out there, when you give, when you do, when you participate, the work I'm doing right now, I have to believe that it means something in the universe. Even though we can believe, and we, well, let's be honest, we're on a few platforms. Um, we're not even on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify and maybe another iTunes or something like But essentially, and honestly, this isn't a monetized effort, what we do here at the Wildest Flock. There is no overhead. There is no pay here. This is out of passion for the Lord. And we believe that this work we're doing, even though we could essentially be talking to a wall in front of our face if you want to put that in terms of listeners and actual influence. We still believe that it counts. And it, it means a ton because this is the mission that God has given us. So if you're not out there with that, I encourage you to start having that, that faith in the works that you do. So I think that kind of surmises the offering point, the point of the offer. So it's important to understand that Cain gave with good intention, good faith. Again, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, Cain's Abel's offer was considered more excellent because of the faith. One thing I want to talk about here is that Cain did do what he was told. And I, I think there's a bit of a, 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 a misinterpretation about old Cain here. Um, you know, one thing to note is the good guy does die here. Abel, being the good guy, he dies. And this is the first, the, the second born, you know, from what we understand, on the earth. So, in a broad perspective here, 
the serpent, the devil, is winning. You know, Eve thought Cain was the, the Messiah, some say. That's why it was so much emphasis put on his birth. He was going to be the, the one to come rectify things, as was promised in 315. But what happened is the bad guy won. He rose and killed his brother, Abel, the good guy. Now, one thing that's important to understand, I think that's not really talked about, is Cain. <clears throat> Cain did go through with the offering. He didn't just say, you know, screw it. He did do something. Now, like my man Eugene talks about, it's, it should be some mercy in that because he did do something now. Sometimes we don't always give our best, but sometimes we hope that little something we give is enough. And, you know, let's not crucify Cain for being in that stance, because I've done it. I don't know about you, but I ain't above it. Um, also, it's common belief to think that Cain just didn't give a damn. And I think many theologians subscribe to that theory, that thought. But obviously, Cain cared enough to kill his brother behind the rejection he felt from the Lord. He killed his brother because of that. Now, taking a dive just into that a bit, why did Cain kill his brother because of that? So he did care because it made him feel some type of way, enough to kill, so he was jealous. You know, this a lot to do with this has jealousy to do with. I think Cain is a bit misunderstood. Cain did show enough, enough, some kind of feeling to where it drove him to kill his brother. Now, the rejection. I, I think God gives us a lot of stories in the Bible that are very common to human interaction still to this day. And one thing that we end in chapter 9 on is a very human interaction. That is something still said to this day. <clears throat> but in a sense of Cain, if we're going to bring it home some, you ever, like, you know, you, you there's, there's plenty of people who are the big brother. You're the hot shot. You know what I mean? You, you whatever you're the big brother, you're the little brother, but you're the you're the chosen one in the family. You're the chosen one. You're the badass. But then the 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 dude, and I think the story of David speaks to this also. Little bro gets gets accepted over you, gets more appreciated over you, gets. Gets, gets appreciated. Now, you're supposed to be the one. You've always been the one. I think, you know, possibly Cain could have, you know, fell under that umbrella feeling like, you know, how is this guy, you know, and grew to be hating on this bro and rather than go, now God said to him, why has thou continence fallen? If thou do good, you will be accepted. But if you don't do good, sin is waiting. But how many times do we 
say to ourselves, you don't shine that light on yourself. You think somebody else is the problem. How many times do we not put ourselves in the middle of things and say, let me evaluate myself here. And that's what happened directly right there. God said to Cain, said, hey man, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Is <laughs> essentially what he said to Cain. And even Cain would have said, you know, let, 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 let me put these things back in perspective and focus on me. You know what? I wasn't, my offering wasn't coming from the right place. Then it was all good. But rather than that, rather than put himself in, into questioning, like so many of us do, we go and blame others. Abel was an innocent bystander in this. You know, Big Bro was telling him, you know, why are you giving up all that good? Abel said, well, you know, man, hey, that's what I'm doing. It's all good. And for that deed, the good guy died. But we'll read forward here. I want to fast forward a bit and go to verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord say unto Cain, Where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Verse 9. Till this date, there's been instances where I was asked what I felt that in an inappropriate context where, where someone was. Whether it could have been my mom questioning me about where my cousin was or where my little brother was. And I'd be like, I don't know. I ain't, I ain't his daddy. I don't know where he at. Most of the times, when you're saying that, you actually know. But you're not trying to be accountable for something he's probably doing wrong. You want to act like you're, you have no involvement in it. Important interaction here is that the Lord, again, like in chapter 2, chapter 3, when he asks Adam and Eve, what hast thou done? Have you bit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Knowing what's been done, but giving them a chance similar to you, to us as parents. Again, everything is, I, I believe, literal. You give your kid a chance to say what you do. You always ask what you do first before you punish, even though we know what they've done. And depending on just how accountable they are is most times how we measure the punishment. If they decide to be totally unaccountable, we punish harder. If they decide to be accountable as possible, we might give them a break. And that's what the Lord continually does with these people. And so he asks Cain, where's your brother? Cain, you know, the first smart ass on earth, <clears throat> the first snide remark, you know, like, I don't know, am I, am I my brother's keeper? And just basically, I ain't his daddy, I don't know where he at. 
knowing that he didn't kill them. But the Lord gives him an opportunity to show remorse, giving him an opportunity to be remorseful, giving him an opportunity to be accountable, in my estimation. But that is the end of chapter 9. We will dive into the other 21 verses there are, I believe. I believe it's 28 verses. So my math is off, obviously, the other 19 verses. Into chapter 4, on another time. <clears throat> I hope there was some something we all learned there. To me, guys, to put a bow on this thing, moral of the story is, you have free will. You don't have to go to church. In fact, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to do any of that stuff. But I encourage you, if you are doing those things, be sure you're doing them with faith in mind, with belief that they count, and belief that what God says is still the word and is still are things to come and things of that we are relying on to this day. And you just got to believe that's everything because <clears throat> I'm sure there are passages that guys better than myself, old heavy hand, are able to point to that, that'll that say your works shall not be done in vain. So please, when you're giving, when you're going to church, when you're clapping, when you're dancing, your praise to the Lord, your prayers to the Lord, believe in them. Believe that they are being heard. Believe that it's, it's someone up there that cares and is fielding and is taking your prayers, your your wants, your you personally, just you on this earth with all these millions, billions of people. You have to believe that little old you counts and is being heard. And we believe that. So, it's been a wonderful time. Page one Bible study. Again, guys, be safe out there. We got the COVID-19 if you're smart. If you're regular like me, you call it the Coronas. And um, stay safe. Stay social distancing. Get your mask on. Don't be a Corona tough guy like me. You know, um, be out here. Be safe. Be washing your hands, everyone. Um, stay close to the word. Um, watch, watch, watch what God's doing. You know, he's doing something right now. I don't know what it is. Maybe you know what it is, but he's doing something. And I'm just excited to see what he does, to see what he reveals to his, to us all. So until the next time, when we pull back the curtain here on page one Bible study, and we go through verses 10 through 28. It's been a blast, man. And I'll talk to you next time. I'll holler. It's your boy, Heavy Handed Jay. Page one. I'm out.